Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I strongly believe that it is possible to have a long and happy and fulfilling career as a private school leader, and my passion is to help you figure out exactly how to do that right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. And I'm your host, Mark Minkus. When I was a kid, I loved going trick-or-treating on Halloween. What could be better than dressing up as your favorite character in Star Wars or whatever you were into as a kid and walk around the neighborhood, get a pillowcase full of candy? But there was only one thing that I didn't like about trick-or-treating, and that was the mask that I wore on my face. And I remember one year in particular, I was about 10 or 11 years old, and I was dressed as Darth Vader for Trick or Treat. And depending on how old you are, I know the masks have probably gotten a little better, but if you were a kid trick-or-treating in the late 70s or early 80s, they were not so great. Two tiny little holes to breathe, couldn't really see, it was all sweaty in there, and you were constantly worried that the tiny little piece of elastic would would break. And so I don't like masks. But for the first eight to 10 years of my career as a head of school, I wore a mask to work every day. The problem was you couldn't see that mask, but I knew that it was there. And I was terrified that someone would find out that I didn't know what I was doing. And I was hiding behind a mask of competence and confidence when I went through my day. All the while, my insides were churning because of my self-doubt and my self-talk and my belief that I was an imposter. And some recent studies reveal that over 75% of leaders across all industries have dealt with feelings of imposter syndrome at some point during their careers. And I believe this is especially true for private school leaders early in their careers or even for experienced school leaders when they switch to a new school. On today's episode of the Private School Leader Podcast, we are going to talk about imposter syndrome. What is it? What are the warning signs? And most importantly, what are six strategies that you can use to overcome imposter syndrome as you lead your school? I was stuck behind that mask for 10 years, but today I'm going to help you get unstuck and come out from behind that mask of imposter syndrome. But before we jump into that, I'd like to give you a free gift to say thank you for listening to this podcast. I've created a free guide for you called Five Strategies to Help You Work with Difficult Parents. We know working with parents is part of our job, and most of our parents are great but some of them can be demanding and emotional and pretty difficult. And this guide will give you the tools you need to build better relationships and have better meetings with the difficult parents at your school. So go to theprivateschoolleader.com slash parents to grab that guide. And thank you again for taking time out of your busy week to listen to the podcast. So Grab that guide at five, it's called Five Strategies to Help You Work with Difficult Parents, and you can get that over at theprivateschoolleader.com slash parents. 
So let's get into today's topic, imposter syndrome. What is imposter syndrome? Well, the Oxford Dictionary says, quote, the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. So there's a lot in that definition. So it's a persistent inability to believe that your success as a private school leader, anything that you're doing as a private school leader, that you don't believe that it was legitimately achieved through your own effort or skill. Imposter syndrome is an internal belief that you are not good enough to be doing the role that you have in your organization. It's a feeling that you will be tested at some point and you will fail to live up to expectations and you feel like a fraud, you feel like an imposter, and that it's only a matter of time until you are found out. So I wonder what percentage of listeners I'm speaking to right now that have experienced imposter syndrome in the past, or even worse, are experiencing it right now. And there are links to anxiety and low confidence. Imposter syndrome is more specifically linked to a feeling that others are better than you. And there's a judgment that goes along with that. Often, if you have success, you put it down as luck or you just cheated in some way and you were able to fake people out. And then if you fail at something, then that's taken to heart as proof that you don't know what you're doing. So the successes are luck, but the wins are the excuse me, the wins are just put down to good luck, but when you fail, then that's proof that you don't know what you're doing. And As a result, and this is a quote I'm going to read from a blog post from Integrity Coaching, and I'll link it in the show notes, but quote, as a result, they feel an array of emotions, guilt, shame, anxiety, fear, and self-doubt, to name but a few. Without the right support, many school leaders will adopt behaviors that do little to address the root cause of their feelings. Instead, they will adopt coping strategies that only serve to exacerbate their feelings of inadequacy. So I want to pause there for a moment and kind of ask you that question to think about. Are you really addressing the root cause of your feelings of imposter syndrome, or are you just adopting coping strategies and kind of just figuring, well, I'll figure it out. And really, all that does is make things worse. So we're going to talk now about some of the early warning signs of imposter syndrome. And some of these might be very clear to you. Some of you might be experiencing these right now. I pulled these from a blog post by Melody Wilding um, from MelodyWilding.com. And I will link that blog post in the show notes. You can always find the show notes at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 27. So let's, I'm just going to read these. Inability to internalize achievements and downplaying accomplishments. So that's similar to what we said a moment ago. Fear of being found out or being exposed as inexperienced or untalented. Number three, avoidance of feedback. We don't want feedback. Someone might tell us we're not doing a good job. 
Number four, a reluctance to ask for help. Number five, turning down new opportunities. Number six, second-guessing decisions. Number seven, overworking to the point of burnout to prove that you're enough. Number eight, failing to start or finish projects. Number nine, strong feelings of insecurity. Number 10, overthink minor situations. Number 10, perfectionism. 11, emotions such as guilt, shame, anxiety, fear, and self-doubt. And then finish out the list with negative self-talk and self-sabotage. Now, that's a pretty long list. And um, certainly, I hope that no one listening to this episode is experiencing all of those symptoms. But if you're feeling like you're not enough, if you're feeling like you're going to be found out that you don't know what you're doing, if you internalize achievements and figure, well, I just got lucky, and you downplay accomplishments, more importantly, if you have really bad self-talk and you're dealing with emotions of guilt and shame and you're experiencing anxiety over someone's going to point out something about your job that you don't know what you're doing, those have some serious long-term consequences if not dealt properly with the root cause of these feelings. And I don't have to tell you what some of the long-term consequences are of some of these symptoms going, um, not dealing with them. And so that's not what we want. We're proactive on this podcast. We want to deal with strategies and we want to move forward. And so just before we get into the strategies to overcome imposter syndrome, I want to throw a couple more things out there. And one that was not mentioned in the blog post that I read, but for me, it was a really big thing early in my career. And that was ego. Um, my ego would not allow me to in any way show that I needed help with this situation, or I would just keep taking on more and more work and more and more hours. I could sort of outwork my imposter syndrome. Have you ever experienced that where you feel like you can outwork the imposter syndrome that you're feeling? So ego was a big thing for me. I just couldn't handle in any way showing some sort of flaw or inferiority. And so that might be something that's in your way too. But I want to just tell you one or two more things before we jump into these strategies, because I really feel like these are things that you really need to know. I've gotten several emails from listeners of the podcast asking for an episode on imposter syndrome and talking about how they're feeling like they don't know what they're doing. And it's not just from new leaders or experienced leaders at new schools. It's from a lot of different leaders. And let's face it, during the pandemic, none of us, none of us felt like we knew what we were doing. But I just want to remind you of a few things. I said it before, over 75% of leaders experience imposter syndrome. So first of all, you are not alone. And the second thing is, it is exhausting for you to pretend to be someone that you're not. And I'll prove it to you. If you're an introvert and you spend a lot of time at a party and you're out and about and there's a lot of noise and a lot of socializing, that tires you out and it makes you exhausted. Conversely, if you're an extrovert 
and you're in a very quiet space, then that becomes very, very difficult. And so my point is, is that it's exhausting to pretend to be someone that you're not. And if you're going through your day pretending that you know what you're doing and you're walking this tightrope on a windy day, that's exhausting and it's stressful. Another thing I want you to know is, is that I believe that you are diminishing your intelligence, your skill, your accomplishments, and your experience. You have all of those things. We all have them in different amounts, but you as a school leader have those things and you are diminishing your intelligence, your skill, your accomplishments, and your experience. And no one has it all together. You know, it looks like on Instagram that everybody has it all together, but Instagram is the curated reality of someone's life. And so let's just say that it's someone and they show on a Saturday morning, let's say it's a mom with a couple of young kids and they're heading to soccer practice and the mom um, has her makeup done, her hair's done, she's got her Starbucks and she's, um, you know, got the kids getting them uh, on the way to soccer practice and kind of takes a selfie and, you know, whatever the caption is, soccer practice, exclamation point. Okay, well, that photo, that doesn't show the hour that it took of chaos and um, just complete meltdowns for them to, that family, to get their act together to get out to the minivan to go to soccer practice. And, um, you know, I could say the same thing about, you know, a, a guy that's, I don't know, that he's um, on a on a boat. Um, and having a great day, he's got a beer in one hand and sunshine, sunglasses on and this and that. And it's like, okay, well, that's one little moment from that person's week. What was the rest of the week like for this guy? So if we compare ourselves to the curated reality of Instagram, if we compare ourselves to what we think other school leaders are doing, um, and I went through that early in my career where I would compare myself to some other school leaders who were much more experienced than me, and I always came up short. And so no one has it all together, and we need to stop comparing ourselves to other leaders. But last thing, and I really, really want you to hear this. I really want you to hear this. You do know what you are doing. You are not a fraud. You are not incompetent. You said yes. You said yes to this wonderful, exhausting, amazing, unrelenting job of being a private school leader. And the world needs school leaders now more than ever. And you are making a difference in the lives of these kids and these teachers and these families every single day. And you're very brave and you're very courageous because it's easy it would have been easy to walk away. This is a difficult job that we have. And I know that we're hard on ourselves. I know that you, we're talking about imposter syndrome today, but I just want to remind you that you do know what you're doing and you're worthy and you're enough. And I just, it literally breaks my heart to think about school leaders working themselves to the bone and still at the end of the day feeling like a fraud. So we're going to do something about that. This show is all about taking action, and we're going to take some action today. So, the six ways to overcome imposter syndrome. Number one, understand Maslow's four stages of learning. 
Number two, shift your mindset. Number three, admit to your team that you don't know it all. Number four, remind yourself that you actually know what you're doing. Number five, grow your skills. And number six, clean up your self-talk. So number one, understand Maslow's four stages of learning. So we all know about Maslow's hierarchy of needs pyramid. We learned that in psychology class, maybe in high school, certainly in college. And this is something else that he's less known for, and it's Maslow's four stages of learning. And it I'll link a graphic in the show notes, but basically you go from unconscious incompetence, which is stage one. Um, I don't know what I don't know how, and I don't know how to do it. So this person is oblivious to their incompetence. Then stage two is called conscious incompetence. And it is, I know that I don't know how to do it. And that bothers me. So that's where people with imposter syndrome are living is in stage two conscious incompetence. But where we want to move to is conscious competence. And that is, I know that I know how to do it. And it took me time to get here. And then eventually we'd all love to get to stage four, which is unconscious competence. I know that I can do it and it is second nature to do it. And I don't have to think about it, but really for the purposes of this episode, we're taking ourselves from conscious incompetence to conscious competence. So to elaborate on conscious incompetence a little bit, that whole part where you know that you don't know how to do things and you feel bad about it, um, a, a little quote that I have here is, is though, the, though the individual does not understand or know how to do something, they recognize the deficit as well as the value of a new skill in addressing the deficit and the making of mistake can be an integral part to the learning process at this stage. So this is the healthy way to get out of conscious incompetence. And I just want to touch on that again. You know it and you see the deficit. And rather than overly emotionalize the deficit, you see a path. And there's value in growing that skill to address the deficit. And then making mistakes is part of the process. I was terrified of making mistakes the first 10 years of my career. I was so worried about what people would think of me. But we want to move you along. And the way is, first of all, recognize that deficit. Try not to attach emotion to it. Build that skill. And then recognize that you're going to make mistakes as you go. And then where we're headed is conscious competence. And then this individual understands or knows how to do something. However, demonstrating the skill or knowledge requires concentration. It may need to be broken down into steps. And there's heavy conscious involvement in executing the new skill. So now, again, we're not into unconscious competence. We're not into where you can just do it and not think about it. You can do it, but it requires concentration on the skill and the knowledge, and you need to break it down into steps. Okay, well, we can do that. I believe private school leaders can do just about anything because we're asked to do just about everything. So how are we going to move from conscious incompetence to conscious competence? 
Again, recognize the deficit. Do not attach emotions to the deficit, especially shame, guilt, and anxiety. We're going to build the skill, recognize the mistakes, that mistakes are part of the process, and then repeat. So again, recognize the deficit. Don't attach emotion to the deficit. Build the skill, make mistakes, repeat. And if you keep doing that, you're going to move from conscious incompetence to conscience, conscious competence. And so we're going to move ourselves along on Maslow's stages of learning. All right, that's number one. On to number two, shift your mindset. So in episode four of this podcast, I talked about growth mindset and how um, Carol Dweck at Stanford University, 30 years of research about growth mindset and fixed mindset. And you might say, well, what does that have to do with this episode? Well, you know, that episode, episode four was about kids and how they shut down and how they refuse tasks and how they um, feel a certain way about how they learn. And well, guess what? If you are dealing with imposter syndrome, one of the ways to move yourself off of that is to move away from a fixed mindset and adopt a growth mindset. So quickly, I want to touch on what is a fixed mindset as defined by Carol Dweck. It's the belief that your abilities and intelligence are fixed. You got a certain amount of skill and intelligence and ability at birth, and that won't change. So effort in trying to get better at that thing is a waste of time. So let me ask you this question. Did you always know how to lead a private school? Did you always know how to be a leader? Did you always know how to run a parent meeting? Did you always know how to sit and listen to a teacher and help solve their problem? Of course not. You didn't know that when you were born. And so if that's true, that you didn't get all of that skill and intelligence when you were born, then we need to adopt a growth mindset. And that is the belief that our abilities and intelligence can increase through effort. We try different strategies, we make mistakes, we make adjustments, and we persist through the difficulty. And one of the big things in growth mindset language is the phrase, or the, excuse me, the word, yet. So at my school, we, have adopt, we adopted growth mindset in the fall of 2016, and it has absolutely revolutionized our school. There's more about that in episode four. I'll link that in the show notes. But our teachers really, with the common language, if a student will say, well, I'm not good at math, and we teach them to put the word yet on the end of the sentence. Well, I'm not good at math yet. I don't know how to play basketball yet. I don't know how to play a musical instrument yet. I don't know how to do whatever, and then we put yet at the end of that word. Well, at the end of that sentence. Well, what about you? Right now, think about, I want you to do this. I want you to think of something, a skill, that you feel like an imposter at your school. Okay, just take a moment and think about that, a skill. It could be budget. It could be curriculum. It could be how to deal with this poorly performing teacher. It could be student retention. I want you to just think about a skill. And then I want you to say, I don't know how to do blank yet. Literally, say that right now. I don't know how to do blank 
yet. And I know that it's kind of corny. I know that it's like, okay, positive thinking and what what's going on here with Mark? What's he trying to do? But I'm telling you, I've seen it with my own eyes over the past seven years at our school that changing the language changes the way we think. It changes the way we approach things and it leads to more effort. So then the second thing that I want to prove to you that you can get off of imposter syndrome is I want to ask you a question. Did you always know how to ride a bike? Were you born knowing how to ride a bike? Now, I'm pretty sure that 100% of you just answered that question and said no. Well, how did you learn how to ride a bike? Well, you got someone to help you and it was really wobbly and you fell a lot and you tried and then you had to try again and you tried again and you fell and it was really wobbly and then all of a sudden you figured it out and then you could ride a bike. And then even if you haven't ridden a bike in a lot of years, there's an old saying, it's just like riding a bike. And the reason that's true is because of neuroplasticity. When you were learning how to ride a bike and being wobbly and falling, you were building a new neuropathway in your brain with all of the things that had to work together, the balance and the hand-eye coordination and the the moving of your feet and the, the pedals and all those things. It's very complex to be able to ride a bike. You built that new neuropathway and now it's there. And if you haven't ridden a bike in 20 years, you could get on a bike and ride a bike. So I want you to take that knowledge that you know to be true and I want you to think about how that is so similar to what you're doing as a private school leader. Um, imagine a private school leader that you really look up to or imagine one at a high-performing school. Um, you know, enrollment is great. Culture is amazing. They have a teacher endowment. You know, it's like, did they always know how to do those things? No. So wherever you want to go, whatever your preferred future is for your school, whatever your hopes and dreams are for your school and for yourself as a leader, you can get from point A to point B just like how you learned how to ride a bike. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be falling down. There's going to be wobbly, bumpy ride, but you're going to keep at it and keep at it through effort and determination and persistence, and you will learn these skills, and you will get better at the thing that you think you don't know how to do. All right. So we're talking about the six ways to overcome imposter syndrome. Number one, know Maslow's four stages of learning. Number two, change your mindset. And number three, admit to your team that you don't know it all. There's a lot of research asking people in across all industries, what are you looking for in a leader? And one of the things that's near the top of that list is authenticity. And I found a little definition from a blog post that I really liked. And it said, put simply, authenticity means you're true to your own personality, values, and spirit, regardless of the pressure that you're under to act otherwise. You're honest with yourself and with others, and you take responsibility for your mistakes. Your values, ideals, and actions align. That's what it means to be authentic. And part of the problem with imposter syndrome is that we're not being authentic. 
we are not being true to where we really are and what we're able to do and what we're not able to do. I don't have all the answers. I don't know how to do everything yet. I'm going to work really hard to get there and to be the leader that this team deserves. Now, why did I say those things? Because those are things that about year 10 or year 11 into my career that I actually said to my staff. I said, look, I don't have all the answers. I don't know how to do everything yet. But I promise you, I'm going to work really hard to get there and to be the leader that this team deserves. And I had to set aside my ego to say that. But oh my goodness, did it reduce the pressure on myself. It helped me take off the mask. It helped me be less stressed out and anxious about being perfect all the time. I mentioned perfectionism as one of the symptoms of imposter syndrome. The other thing that I found is, is that it invited collaboration. I didn't want collaboration from my teachers when I was testing positive for imposter syndrome. I didn't want any feedback from my teachers. I just wanted them to perceive that I was this amazing leader while on the inside I'm in turmoil. So again, if you can just reach for the courage and have a conversation at a meeting and just say, look, I don't have all the answers. I don't know how to do everything yet, but I'm going to work really hard to get there and to be the leader that this team deserves. I want to tell you, it's like taking a weight off your back, a backpack full of rocks, and it invites collaboration and it reduces your emotional uh, turmoil that you're in. At least that was my experience, and I highly recommend you doing that. And what you're going to find, I think, is that your team sees you as a more authentic person because now you're being vulnerable and you're being authentic. And you're not going to work any less hard. You're still going to lead. You're still going to do all the things that you do. But you've lowered the temperature. You've taken the pressure down a little bit. Um, because you're doing this high wire act where you're trying to be perfect every day. All right, number four, remind yourself that you actually know what you're doing. So when I am talking to a teacher or a student and they're being really hard on themselves, they're beating themselves up over something that they did or whatever it might be, I will ask them, okay, is this a fact or a feeling? And what I mean by that, and I'll use a teacher example, I'll have, I remember a math teacher not too many years ago, and they had been, let's say by that point in their career, maybe 12 years of experience doing a great job with teaching math. And they had parent-teacher conferences, two days worth. Every single one of them went well, except for one that didn't go well. And then this teacher tossed and turned and beat herself up all weekend that she didn't know what she was doing. And so I said, is it a fact or a feeling? Meaning, I, I talked about the facts. You have a master's degree and you have 12 years of experience and you got this award and you did this and you did that um, and you do a great job in the classroom. Those are the facts. So is this a fact or a feeling? And let's face it, our emotions are very powerful. Our amygdala hijacks our, our place of logic and reason all the time. But I've found that to be useful is to, even with myself, 
ask myself, is it a fact or a feeling? So you think you're an imposter. You think you're a fraud. You think you're a fake. Was that a fact or a feeling? You have gone to school. You have some experience. You certainly have a lot of common sense and you certainly have a tremendous work ethic and you have a heart and a desire and a passion to do this job and serve these kids and serve these teachers. So is it a fact or a feeling? Well, here's what I've found. Member number four is named remind yourself that you actually know what you're doing. We're going to take action. And I've been doing this now for 10 years and what I'm about to tell you, and it has really, really helped me on the days where I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. So you're going to start a Google Doc, and it's going to have three parts to it. At the top, it's going to say positive comments. And then partway down the Google Doc, it's going to say accomplishments. And then later on in the Google Doc, it will say professional development. Just those three things, positive comments, accomplishments, and professional development. And you just have that Google Doc. And then anytime that you get an email, I know that they're few and far between, but you get an email where there's a positive comment from a parent or from a teacher. Thanks for helping me out with whatever. Um, if you get a text, um, if I get a text, I type it into the Google Doc. If someone tells me something in passing, let's say it's a parent at eighth grade graduation and says something really nice about what we did as a school for their child and thanks me personally for this or that. Later in the day, I'll go back and I'll type that into the Google Doc under positive comments. All right. So that's part one. Then later on in the Google Doc, you've got accomplishments. So anytime that you accomplish something. So, you know, the spring musical set a record for attendance over the three shows or, um, you know, it, it could be something small. It could be something big. But any accomplishment, big or small, during that school year, you type it into the Google Doc. And then third is professional development. Anything that you do to grow your skills. So it could be listening to the podcast. It could be reading one of the guides that I've uh, created. It could be watching a webinar through NAIS or through ACSI or Prisma or um, the Catholic School Leadership Organization. Or it could be reading a book. Um, buying a leadership book or a productivity book and reading a book, whatever it is, anything that you do to grow your skills, you're going to type that in. You're going to write, you're going to type that into the Google doc. And then on the days when you feel like the biggest fraud and the biggest case of imposter syndrome, you open up the Google doc and you read it. You read those positive comments. You read the accomplishments. You read the professional development because here's the thing you're not just content to sit there in misery and say I don't know what I'm doing you're growing your skills and so the positive comments help the accomplishments remind you the professional development proves that you're growing and I want to say I pull mine out to look at it probably at least once a month, twice a month, depending on how things are going. Sometimes it might be once a week. And here's the problem. 
with our memories are fallible and someone might say something really nice to you or you get a nice email on September 14th and now it's, um, you know, let's say it's November 23rd. You've already forgotten all about that. There's way too many things going on in your life at work and your life outside of work to remember any of that stuff. And that's why you have to write it down because those things come and go and you feel good in the moment. You get that little note from a kid or you get that positive comment or a pat on the back from someone on the board, whatever it might be, you write it down because there are going to be days where you go back and you're going to read that. And I promise you that it will remind you that you know, you actually know what you're doing. So the six strategies for overcoming imposter syndrome Number one, know Maslow's four stages of learning. Number two, change your mindset. Number three, admit to your team that you don't know it all. Number four, remind yourself that you actually know what you're doing. And number five, grow your skills. So you may be stressed and anxious when you don't have control over a situation. I know I'm like that. I know people in my life like that, and so some people won't ride a roller coaster because they don't have control over the situation. Some people really hate riding in a car. They would much rather be driving in a car. I know people that won't use cruise control on a car because they feel like they're not in control. So we are usually less stressed and less anxious when we have control over a situation, and when we're not in control, we feel a lot more anxiety. Okay. Well, so then we want to manage that stress by controlling the situation, and that leads to micromanaging. And I'll give you an example from my life. So during COVID, at the beginning of the shutdown in March of 2020, we were all at home, and we're doing virtual learning, and my office, became the dining room in our home became my office. Well, I always say I have about a 30-minute commute, and I always say that my drive home at the end of the day helps me turn from a principal into a husband and a father. And that 30 minutes is pretty important because I'm in my mode at school. You know all about being in your mode at school, and you don't want to be in that mode at home, if at all possible. Well, here's the problem. During COVID, I was working and living in the same place. And so I would walk from the dining room into the kitchen and let's say my daughter's loading the dishwasher and I'm all stressed out. And so I'm micromanaging the loading of the dishwasher. And I remember my daughter's like, dad, I know how to load a dishwasher. So you are not going to micromanage situations. You are not going to do this. What you're going to do instead is, is that you're going to have some agency in this situation about you feeling like an imposter. Now, agency refers to the feeling of control over actions and their consequences. So anxiety is when you don't have control. Agency is when you have some control. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to intentionally grow your skills. And I mentioned this in the last step where you're going to record these professional development things that you're going to do. So how are you going to grow your skills? You're going to read a book, attend a webinar, listen to this podcast, get a leadership coach, attend a conference. There are many, many ways for free, um, many, many ways for a low cost that you can grow your skills as a private school leader. 
And so you are going to, instead of being all stressed out and anxious over something that you can't control, you actually have control over your ability to grow your skills. And now I hear what you're saying. You're going to say, I don't have time. I'm too busy. I don't have time to read a book. Boy, wouldn't it be nice if I had time to attend an online webinar. Okay, well, what you're really saying then is I want to stay stuck and miserable and feeling like a fraud and an imposter if you're saying that you don't have time. You're going to find a way to make time and you're going to have an intentional plan to always be growing your skills. Even if it's just a little bit each week, you're going to have agency and agency will help you be less anxious and more in control of moving from the uh, on those stages of learning, remember we said before that you're, you want to move from that uh, conscious, um, you want to move from the conscious incompetence to the conscious competence. You want to move from knowing that you don't know this skill to knowing that you, um, having the, the competence and the consciousness. So rather than just sitting there and feeling stuck, you're going to take control and you're going to grow those skills. All right. Then to wrap it up, number six is clean up your self-talk. So you might be saying things when you feel very much in the throes of imposter syndrome, like, why did they hire me? Did I oversell myself at the interview? What if everyone finds out that I don't know what I'm doing? What if my teachers, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's how we talk to ourselves. Well, I saw a quote recently and it says, talk to yourself like you would to someone you love. Talk to yourself like someone you love. So there's some growth mindset language in the show notes that instead of saying this, try saying that. It's a poster that we have hanging in our school in various classrooms. I'm going to put that there. You're going to put yet at the end of sentences. You're going to say things like, well, this didn't work, but I can try a new strategy. You're going to clean up your self-talk. Instead of beating yourself up, you're going to have it be future-focused and remember that you are in control of growing yourself. So what are some big takeaways from today's episode? Well, imposter syndrome is the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. And it is an internal belief that you are not good enough to be doing the role that you have. Well, we're going to change all that. And how? Well, we're going to implement these six strategies. Number one, understand Mavslov's four stages of learning. We're going to move you from conscious incompetence to conscious competence. You're going to recognize the deficit. You're going to not attach emotion to that deficit, such as shame, guilt, and anxiety. And then you're going to build your skill to erase the deficit. Number two, shift your mindset. We're going to shift from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. You didn't always know how to ride a bike. No one always knew how to be a private school leader, so you're going to develop a growth mindset to get yourself unstuck from being in imposter syndrome. Number three, admit to your team that you don't know it all. The authenticity 
and the vulnerability will invite collaboration and feedback and everybody grows. Number four, remind yourself that you actually know what you're doing. You're going to start a Google Doc with a section for positive comments, a section for accomplishments, and a section for professional development. And then you're going to fill up that Google Doc and you're going to pull it out when you're really feeling like an imposter. Number five, you're going to grow your skills. We're going to move from anxiety to agency. And number six, clean up your self-talk. And you can look at the growth mindset language in the show notes. And one last thing before the call to action. I told you at the beginning of the episode that I was stuck behind that mask for almost 10 years. You now know everything that I wish I had known then. You know what you need to get unstuck and come out from behind that mask. And I want for you, my heart's desire is for you to take massive action so that you can become the leader that you are capable of becoming instead of staying stuck in this loop of being an imposter or feeling like an imposter. So when we talk about massive action, that's when we come to the call to action. So there's a growth mindset diagram in the show notes at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 27. And we're going to, the call to action is to start displaying a growth mindset in your actions and your words. And the second call to action is to grow your skills. Pick one skill, just one, and decide today one thing that you're going to do to grow that skill. That's your call to action. And just before we wrap it up, I just want to tell you one more time that you are enough. You are worthy. You do know what you're doing. You said yes. You said yes to turning your passion for these kids into being a leader at your private school. And you did it after a worldwide pandemic. Like, who does that? People who love children and are high in emotional intelligence and want to serve. You are a servant leader. You are not small. You are not incompetent. You are brave and you are courageous. And these kids need you now more than ever. And I want you to go out there and get unstuck from imposter syndrome and grow into that leader that you are capable of becoming. So if you got value from this episode, I would super, super, super appreciate it if you would share this with one other leader at your school or maybe someone that you see as an aspiring leader at your school. And my passion is to help you figure out how to have a long and happy and fulfilling career as a private school leader, because it is possible. And just another quick reminder about that new guide, Five Strategies to Help You Work with Difficult Parents, is available over at theprivateschoolleader.com slash parents. And there are also a ton of free resources for you at theprivateschoolleader.com slash resources. I hope you got value from this episode. Please subscribe, share it with other leaders. I've been your host, Mark Minkus. I just want to say I appreciate you so much and the amazing work you're doing at your school. Thank you for taking time out of your week to join me and listen today. And I will see you next time on the Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember to serve first, lead second, and make a difference.